Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What's up, Faithful? Welcome into the 49ers. You've Got Mail podcast presented by Delta Dental. I'm Lindsay Polaris, your host. And today I am joined by a very special guest, four-time Super Bowl champion, Mike Wilson, for an alumni edition of the podcast. Mike, thank you so much for taking the time. Well, thank you for having me. Looking forward to having an interview with you. It's great timing to have you on the podcast. For our listeners that were not at Levi Stadium during week eight, it was the 49ers annual alumni weekend celebration. A couple teams were honored. That 1981 team that secured the franchise's first ever Super Bowl title. What's the best part of getting the crew back together? You know, it's great. And, and uh, um, you know, for me to play with guys like Joe Montana, Ronnie Lott, Tina Turner, Eric Wright, and the list goes on and on. That 1981 season was your rookie year. That ended an eight-season playoff drought for the Niners, brought home that first championship, and ushered in San Francisco's dynasty. When you started that season, could you have ever imagined what was to come in Niners history? No, I mean, for me, it was everybody's journeys a little bit unique and different. I was originally drafted with the Cowboys and was their last cut. And Bill Walsh uh, called me, and I flew in for a round-trip ticket that day and, and and had a workout with them. And I had no idea that I left uh, Dallas to come to San Fran and we would end up winning the Super Bowl my rookie year. But there was 22 rookies on that team. And, and you know, like us, uh, Ronnie Lott and Eric Wright, along with a young Joe Montana. So we had a, a young nucleus of new players that uh, came in with a – attitude that we wanted to be successful and, and try to win it all when you get that phone call from bill walsh what's going through your mind oh was awesome i had honestly uh, just uh, came back to southern california my home and i got a call from the 49ers saying come on up from uh, late billy wilson and i flew up um, just planning on to have a tryout and thinking they probably was going to put me on a list in case they needed somebody later but I felt very good about my workout and sat in the locker room for 45 minutes and they finally came back and said they were going to sign me. So uh, that was the beginning of my whole career. I, I ended up staying there for 10 years uh, with no interruptions and was very fortunate, like I said, to uh, play for Bill Walsh and be on four Super Bowl teams during my 10-year career with the 49ers. During that tryout, is there one play that you can point to that sticks out in your mind as the thing that left the impression on the coaching staff, or was it a little bit of everything? You know, I, I really think it was just, you know, uh, really just one of those days where it was a great workout for myself. Uh, 
I feel like I caught everything. I ran sharp, crisp routes. Uh, back then, I was a big receiver. I was 6'3 and 215 pounds. And that was before the, the bigger guys came along. So uh, I offered something that they didn't have. And also with Bill Walsh's style of offense, he he liked the big receiver who could line up as a tight end in the backfield as a running back. So I kind of was very fortunate, un, unbeknownst to me, that you know I fitted a lot of things that he was looking for to to build his offense around. You mentioned that you were a blocking wide receiver, and that's something that you actually had some experience with during your four-year career at Washington State. How have you seen that become more of a norm in the NFL today? especially with the 49ers who have guys like Debo Samuel and Ray Ray McLeod and Brandon Ayuk, who are very, very committed to the blocking game as well as being these very skilled pass catchers. Well, I think the philosophy and and ideology of me and and I think the receivers today is, you know, every time you go out and and catch a pass, you have uh, the O-line and the running backs are, you know, picking up linebackers blitzing and blocking for you. So in return, uh, as a wide receiver with the run game, you know, you want to give that running back every opportunity to take it all the way to the house, but don't allow that corner to make the, the block. So I mean, to make the tackle. So you really take pride in your, your, your blocking as much as catching because it's just a part of the total offense system that makes you a successful offense. How much fun is it to be that type of hybrid player? You know, for me, I was unique and, and obviously, uh, you know, they're, like I said, there are big receivers now, but back then, uh, for me to be able to line up as in a, we called it in a tight formation, in a three-point stance, and then go out and play wide receiver, uh, it was really gave the, the offense a lot of diversity. You might have saw me come in the game as a wide out, and I lined up in the backfield. So, for me, it, it allowed me to, um, you know, utilize my talents because I was a bigger guy. But more importantly, I think in the bigger picture of it, Bill Walsh had the ability to to utilize and see what each individual player had and what they brought to the team that allowed him to develop a system that allowed players to play at their best. And so you look around our team with uh, going back to the 81 team long before you were born. Uh, you know, we have the <laughs> Freddie Solomons and Dwight Clark and, uh, you know, guys in the backfield, uh, Paul Hofer. And so uh, – Charlie Young and Russ Francis. I mean, all of these gentlemen who were uh, very good, Bill found a way to uh, utilize their strengths. And that's really what's important. And in, 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 uh, I think in the scheme of your offense nowadays. Perhaps as important as that 1981 Super Bowl win that came out of that season is the iconic catch from the 1982 NFC Championship game. You were a part of that team, witnessed the catch in real time. Can yes. you relive that with us? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, you know, Dallas was America's team. I had this on my personal level. I had just been cut from them. So it was really, uh, you know, I had a little bone to pick. But uh, honestly, for us <laughs> to come back and allow us to win that game with Dwight Clark's catch, I remember it. it was a sprint right option. The ball was supposed to go to Freddie and they covered him and Dwight worked back at in line and came back. And, you know, there's always the big debate that was Joe throwing it away or did, or was he throwing it high for Dwight Clark? But uh, Joe says he was throwing it high. Dwight said he was throwing away and he went up and got it. But uh, I think the whole city of San Francisco 
uh, you could probably hear us down in Southern California yelled and screamed. And it really was, uh, I think, catapulted us into the success of the Niners that have today. I mean, we were the year before, I think they were four and 12. I wasn't with that team, but my rookie year, we ended up having a great year. And that was the big game to get to the Super Bowl. And definitely uh, is one of probably the greatest plays, one of the greatest plays in 49 in history. Now you're 40 plus years removed from that <laughs> iconic play. How often are you asked about just being on that team with Joe Montana and Dwight Clark? You know, I think I think that really is, uh, you know, every every organization and teams have, you know, iconic guys who uh, will always be remembered. And that's a historical play that, you know, that will be around another hundred years from now. And uh, it was great to play with those guys because, uh, you know, they 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 were committed. And I just think that uh, back then, my mom and dad were in the stands. Everybody just celebrated. And obviously, we still had a little more work to be done. But that play uh, and the season we had that year was really special. And out of all the four championships, four Super Bowl teams I was on, that one probably is the most memorable and the most exciting because nobody had any expectations or plans. Once we won that one Super Bowl, San Francisco got used to winning and, and that, that uh, expectation of, of winning championships every week, every month, every year was a part of the, the team and, it's, and it still exists today. You were part of 10 seasons with the 49ers and played alongside Dwight Clark, Freddie Solomon, Jerry Rice, John Taylor. What are some of the best memories you have with those wide receivers? You know, I think in the, in the meeting room, along with some great coaches that, that coached us from the late Sam Weiss to, to uh, Mike Coram to Dennis Green. I mean, there was some Sherman Lewis, some great coaches. And obviously the, 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 the genius, I'm going to give him that credit, Bill Walsh uh, really had a great connection with his coaches that could, could coach us. And he really saw what our strengths and weaknesses were, but really focused in on our strengths. And that allowed us to go out and execute at such a high level that all the NFL defenses could never really shut us down. I mean, there were some close games, but we found a way to win. And I think, uh, you know, I was very fortunate to come along with Dwight and Freddie Early in my career, they both retired and then finished up with Dwight, with uh, Jerry Rice and, and John Taylor. Obviously, Jerry is the GOAT. He's one of the greatest to ever play the position. Uh, he worked his butt off. He deserves it. And uh, John Taylor was extremely talented and uh, was was a playmaker. So uh, I was very fortunate to, to play along with those four men and for us to have the success we had. But don't, you know, people don't realize that hard work, uh, it was it was a, a mental aptitude, being able to understand what a defense was doing and adjusting your routes and the ability to to be on the same page with, with Joe Montana was really special and, and exciting and fun for us as players and for the fans to watch. How quickly did you realize the generational talent that was Joe Montana as soon as you came to the 49ers? You know, I, I I think uh Joe was still young and that was his year, his breakout year that first year. But he was so calm, cool, and collected. I mean, you know, you gotta look at Joe's history, came out of Notre Dame, third round pick, mm -hmm. not high expectations, and yet this man accomplished the pinnacle. He won four championships, and obviously there are some other quarterbacks who've had great success, 
the latest and just retired uh, Tom Brady, but Joe was Joe was awesome. Joe really exemplified poise and confidence, and more importantly, his ability to go out and execute uh, whatever Bill Walsh asked him to do. And as a receiving core and running backs, O-line, we all bought into the system and just tried to be the best we could be because you're working your butts off and putting all that time in. And this is what I always say to young athletes, and I've coached in NFL and collegiately, is that if you're going to put the time in, be the best you can be. And I think that's what we tried to accomplish. In the four championships in 10 years, we really had an opportunity to win six, but we did play in six NFC championship games. So I have no, I have nothing to complain about. It was very fortunate, but we really tried to set the bar. And it's, you know, known as the West Coast offense. But uh, we also had some great guys on defense when I played those 10 years. And defense won a lot of games for us also. But uh, Joe Montana was was amazing. Uh, pleasure. I, I, um, and I saw him. And we all still keep in touch with each other. I love that. Well, as star-studded as the cast was, you don't get to four championships in 10 years without selfless players. You talked about everyone buying into the Bill Walsh system. How rare is it to have athletes that are more into the team mentality than the many accolades that all the athletes on this team compiled individually? You know, I think that is one of the most profound questions I've ever had because it really does uh, probably exemplify what we were with the 49ers. I mean, I look at my career and yes, you know, my ego's checked. I mean, I could have probably wouldn't played and caught a lot more balls with other teams. However, uh, everybody understood their role and the ultimate goal was to win a championship. Contribute any way you can. And so for me to come in and line up as a tight end or run a route out the backfield or just play wide receiver and do what a wide receiver does, uh, it was really the commitment by all the guys to check your egos and let's go out here and get this work done and we accomplished that in the 80s. That's why we were the team in the 80s. And, you know, as I sit here 40 years later, nobody can take that away from us. You know, I know uh, we're all getting older, but it was a great, great run. And, you know, the Niners have continued to have unbelievable success. And they're on the or on the verge of, you know, hopefully winning another Super Bowl for, for the 49ers. That was where I was going next for this team that has been knocking on the door of a Super Bowl win for the past four seasons. What is the final step to get to the finish line? You know, I, I, I really think the team is is outstanding. I mean, they're playing good, excellent offense, good defense. Uh, remember, um, teams have, uh, you know, other teams have pro athletes too. And they and, and so when you walk in as with the Niner shield and the Niner helmet, uh, teams are not taking you lightly. In fact, you're going to get their A game, their best game every week. And so you really have to the top of your game. But I think the Niners just need to stay healthy. Uh, I think they have a good, uh, excellent offensive system. They have a great defense. And they have the player. They're very talented. And so in my world of, of being a coach with four NFL teams and also playing the decade with the Niners, it is a matter of, of attrition and guys staying healthy. It's a long season. And so if they can stay healthy – and, uh, you know, as we get into the second half of the season, uh, you know, correct whatever needs to be corrected and, and get going again, uh, I think they'll, they'll be all right. And I'm still a big believer in them. 
Uh, and those guys go out and, and, and play play hard. I mean, you, you can never say the Niners didn't throw up the play. Uh, but some teams have, you know, some some weekends is not your week. And um, But hopefully, uh, you know, winning is, is what this game is all about, and they'll get back in the win column and uh, have some success. But I'm looking forward to them. I, I, I predict they'll go all the way and, and have a chance to win it all. But, you know, once again, I, I'm, I'm biased. There are some Kansas City fans <laughs> on the other side saying, hey, we're waiting mm-hmm. for you. And that's a very good team. But the Niners are, are doing well, and I, and I wish them well. And, you know, you just got to keep fighting and keep getting better and keep working hard because that championship is is, is – there's a lot of great former NFL guys who never won it, let alone gone to an NFC championship game or won a Super Bowl. So uh, they have all the opportunity in the world to win it. They just got to put the work in, and, and, and we'll be – I'll be watching. This 2023 team has just hit its year mark with Christian McCaffrey. From your perspective as a former player, former coach, how monumental was the trade for CMC? You know, that was huge for him. You you, you remember, uh, you know, he, he was a Stanford kid, and mm-hmm. uh, to come back kind of home was, was, was good for him. He's uh, been able to stay healthy. But I think he's, he's one of the most talented runners in the league and now it's just a matter of him once again this this game is about uh being able to to you know have that longevity to last the whole season and hopefully he can do that and 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 avoid any injuries or or and you're going to have injuries during the season but you know recuperate come back and and you know we need him in the playoffs we're not at the playoffs yet but it's important that you know the whole team samuels and and all the guys uh, can stay healthy and and contribute to, you know, what is a really excellent offense. Part of that excellent offense, of course, is former seventh-round pick Brock Purdy, who is now QB1. What's been the most impressive part of his game in his one-and-a-half season so far? Right. Brock Purdy, I tell you, just poised, calm. I really haven't seen him getting shook up, Uh, even with some adversity. He doesn't show it on his face. He just comes out and – uh, plays pretty consistent, solid football. And my philosophy with the NFL is not where you start, but where you finish. And so be it Mr. Relevant coming in, he has earned his starting position and has had remarkable success. And hopefully he'll just get better every game, every game. And, uh, you know, once again, you, you always got to throw in there staying healthy. I know he had an elbow last year at the very end, but I think the young man has a, bright um, amazing future ahead and uh the Niners are you know going to utilize him to his maximum and, and he'll come out and produce uh he's surrounded by some excellent uh tight end and receivers and running back so I think the Niners have a probably one of the most talented skilled teams in the, in the NFL so it's just a matter of them once again I keep saying it but it's the truth about staying staying healthy and uh guys mm-hmm. continue to get better work hard and execute that offense that is is one of the best in the league. Mike, I have one question for you before we move on to our fan-submitted portion of this podcast. What is one story that you feel comfortable sharing that you've never told before within those 10 seasons of being with the Niners? Wow, that's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, it's funny, as I reflect back, and I'm going to go to the GOAT, uh, Jerry Rice, greatest of all time. You know, Jerry never had many injuries. And I remember one time we played Chicago on a Monday night game 
and Joe had, I mean, I'm sorry, Jerry had uh, strained his knee and it had a, a really had a shoulder problem too. And this guy came out and it was cold in Chicago that night. I was starting at X. He was a Z came out and played, played hard. And, you know, that's just one example of, you know, everybody knows the numbers of Jerry and how many touchdowns, how many yards he had. But, uh, you know, for me to, you know, play with him that day and to know what he was playing with. And there's, and, you know, a lot of people don't realize that some athletes play with a lot of injuries and, uh, and they, they, they learn how to go through it. Dwight Clark did it a lot. And so a lot of players that I knew uh, had a lot of surgeries would come right back. But I remember Jerry being the one guy who, you know, he never, he was pretty consistent, injured free or injured. And I was just amazed because I've, I've had a sprained knee or some injuries and you kind of feel it. And, uh, he was, he was pretty phenomenal. Um, on the, on the same side, there was a John Taylor who was just an unbelievable athlete. I'll tell you one with John Taylor, we used to have the 49er, uh, basketball team and we'd play around a different, you know, uh, cities in, in California. And all of a sudden we're playing up in Stockton or in Fresno and John Taylor, you know, came down. I never really played basketball with him and the guy could jump <laughs> out the gym and dunk one time and put his elbows on the rim. And I'm like, whoa. And uh <laughs> nobody knew that. And I think you had to be at those games and not many people attend them. There was a few people there, but what what an athlete. Um who just who had a vertical of probably 44 or 46, but that that's one thing that always amazed me. So whenever I took the ball out of bounds, I'll throw an alley to JT and he'd jump over everybody and dunk. And so we had fun with it. Um so, so it was, is this it was a, a rec league? Was this a rec no, league? No, this, this for was a 49er, it was a 49er basketball team that uh we used to go around and 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 you know fundraise for high schools and okay. most of the games were against the local sheriff or highway patrolman or the local uh that high school's faculty it was not serious basketball every now and you have some serious games but <laughs> it was there more for fun and the players to get out in the community and sign autographs and take pictures so it was uh, i'm not sure if they do that anymore i'm not in the bay area and I that's think fantastic i don't think they do that anymore though yeah. you, you should ask i mean that we did that was 30 games in off season. It was great. Ronnie Lott, everybody, Joe came out, Dwight came out. And so we had fun with it. And, uh, and I'm sure that, that those days that, that type of, you know, activities have stopped back then. We just would go and play a charity game and, and try to raise as much money for the football team or whoever was involved and had a blast. It was fun. Awesome. Okay. We are going to start with just a couple fan submitted questions. Delaney from Fresno. If you could replay one game from your career, which would it be? Oh, wow. Well, we almost had an undefeated season. We went 17-1, and one and we lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers at Candlestick. And they, if, if the play could be run again and the ref would have took off his blinders, he caught a P.I. in the end zone. That was not one, and we'd have won that game. And we'd have, had, we'd have matched Miami with the – second team that went had an undefeated season because we did go on to win the Super Bowl and I think that was at Stanford that year. But uh that particular play really would have been special, even though I I have nothing to complain about. Okay, so you would go and change the sort of the course of history there. Uh that one obviously <laughs> uh you know to answer your question, I would say that that particular play would would have made a difference in, in the history of the franchise. It would it, it would have just been 
probably that would uh, been really cool. We, we, we were very good. Defense was awesome. I mean, those were the Hexstar Reynolds and Fred Dean, Ronnie Lott, Dwight Hicks. You know, so I mean, we were Keena Turner. Uh, the team was probably the best team out of all the four Super Bowl teams that year. But unfortunately, we went. Our record was seventeen and one. That's a very good record. Nothing to be ashamed of. <laughs> no. We have one more question for you. Domingo from Lakewood. Did you have any superstitions or pregame rituals that were a non-negotiable on game day? Wow. Um, I was, you know, I was not the superstitious guy. I can name a few on the team who were, but I was uh, pretty consistent. I just knew that uh, if I knew my plays and, and just kept looking at them, it would be more instinctive. I think for young athletes, you want to learn whatever your system is, and so it's instinctive. You're not thinking while you're playing. Uh, the superstitious guys that I remember, I'll, I'll share these two, were one uh, was Hacksaw Reynolds. Now, that's going back in the day, great linebacker. Uh, he would come in. We, he was with the Rams, came to us, and we're having team breakfast at the hotel, and he comes in with his full uniform. He would put his uniform on at the hotel and ride on the bus fully dressed. That was different. Not many guys did that. That is different. You're like, whoa, okay. But my God, the guy would, uh, you know, study film 24-7. and was one of, it was one of the best. If you really know NFL history, X-Star Reynolds is one you should look at. The last one and the second one would be Jerry Rice. Jerry, Jerry Rice was the one where we would sit to get in and Jerry would try on eight different pair of pants. He would have the tape and tape his, his uh, you ever watch Jerry, he play had a towel that he put behind him. He would fold it, put it on, then he would adjust his socks. And so Jerry was very meticulous in detail, and and it just had to be right. And he always told me, hey, you know, if, if I feel good and I look good, then I'll play good. And I'll be darned. This guy <laughs> was a perfectionist and get tying his shoes up. And, you know, you really – I really saw a lot – what people didn't see about Jerry was he was – he was committed and detailed and had some strong, uh, you know, pregame rituals that nobody else did. I know I never tried on eight pair of pants. I usually wore the same pair for every game, but Jerry would try on everything and put it on and take it off. And when came game time, he was ready to go. Thank you so much for your time. That was fantastic. You have such good stories. Thank you so much. Enjoyed it. And good luck with your podcast and go Niners. Faithful to be featured in the next episode of the 49ers You've Got Mail podcast presented by Delta Dental. Submit your questions to 49ers.com slash mailbag. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so you can be the latest to listen to our latest episodes. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. 
Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.